Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Okay, welcome to the program, uh, and this week we are in Anaheim, and I'm here with Doug Wimbish from Living Colour, and the reason we're in Anaheim uh, is... We've been at NAM Now, uh, a lot of people listening and watching wouldn't have any idea what NAM is. Doug, how would you explain it to them? Well, I would like to explain it to you like this. This is the National Association of Mad Musicians. That's what <laughs> NAM stands for right about now. Actually, what it is, it's a, it's a convention for musical gear, merchandise. It's the place where dealers and artists get to come together and merge together for our, you know, our one time of year and our one convention where we can break bread, get to see old friends, check and see exactly what everybody's doing. There's a lot of people that come here to look just for gear, and some people come for just for laughs. laughs. Um, I'm blessed to be able to come back again after not being here for the last three or four years. And um, as I look back on it, it was probably the best thing I could have done. <laughs> but that all being said, it's a great location. We're here at Disneyland. What other what other place can you have uh, musicians at? <laughs> now, as an art, as an artist, I know um, you said people. I suppose if you're not a musician and you manage to get in, it's almost a stalking exercise. But <laughs> if you're a musician, what, what what's your day like? What do you what do you do? My average day is um, up early, prepare. You know, meetings starting anywhere from like nine thirty in the morning mm. and you know I, since I've been in the business for a while I've worked with as a basis work with different string companies amplifier companies I use a lot of effect pedals I'm doing you know stuff with computers and stuff so the idea is come here get a schedule in place and try to figure out how to make these connections with all your affiliates that have been helping you throughout the years whether it's a string company like Roto Sound or an amplifier company like PV Trace Elliott or even other newer products that have been coming out over the years. So it enables me to, to connect with them. So 9.30, an appointment with one, at one location, uh, 10.30 or 11, I could be doing a demonstration for um, Eventide. Uh, one o'clock, I could be playing for a brand new startup company named Slaproot that makes an exotic percussion instrument. And the day basically is based on, your, is based on how, how, how much can you endure. <laughs> now we'll move on to Living Colour and your other projects in a second, but I just just one observation about NAM is that um, you know rock has disappeared from the radio. Uh, it's disappeared from print magazines. It's online now. Right over there. Yeah, but but it's but it drives NAM. I mean, there's a disconnect there somewhere. Someone is make, still making money out of rock. Uh, there's an enormous passion, well, but why isn't it translating anymore into dollars and commercial success? Well, it's a it's a it's a huge. Cult following, obviously, mm. you know what I mean. We are. In it's a, a massive cult over you know there. I mean? massive cult. <laughs> and it has different tiers. It's different layers of rock. Yeah. What we would call rock. Yeah. You know, it's just grown over the years. Now it's gone from you know rock to metal to punk. You know, from rock to punk to metal to many different facets and stuff. So it, every one of those different so-called categories has a place for you. <laughs> now, um, we're going to get you, I didn't mention this before, but if we can get you to um, pick three songs, like one now, and then we'll keep talking, then another, then another, um, and uh, for the online aspect, we can play some music, so anything from your career or anything from anyone's career, if you like, uh, sorry to drop it on you, but uh, you got any ideas? Songs that I've done, things yeah. that I've liked, yeah. well, I'm, I've always been a fan of, like, you know, some of the early things that I've done, which was uh, experimental stuff in 
for my stuff, experimental stuff that I've done in London. I was in a band called Tackhead. Yeah. And we were, we were at the forefront of a lot of experimental music, you know, using one of the first bands to use samples live on stage. And um, really proud of that music. We were groundbreaking. We helped, you know, be a, we helped shed light to other people that mm -hmm. it could be done, you know, how mm -hmm. to be able to move away from the traditional realm of what was going on at that time to pushing the envelope. Mm. And I look I look now and I'm I'm very thankful to have been involved in that that madness. So you which know. song would you like? Tackhead. Oh, let me see. Tackhead, the game. Okay. It's a football song. It really demonstrates and shows the the others the just something totally left but also centered. Tackhead mm. is a football song based on the theme is based on you know, a band playing in the pitch. You know, it's like, just imagine a, a, a band playing at a Manchester United game while the game is going on around you, but the band is playing center court. Okay. And, and that's kind of like what's the madness of the idea of that. So I enjoyed being able to connect those dots between football and music. Well, the game started at a slow tempo, but I must say it's starting to pick up a real momentum now. position. And that change may well inject more life. They always manage to come back from behind. Magnificent! And at last we have something to cheer about. Magnificent! And at last we have something to cheer about. Determination now and very slick indeed. So effective and so efficient. Well, it could have been a nightmare, but at least we're well ahead. You must admit they're going through a much better spell now. Very sharp early on and getting better the longer the game goes on. Playing out the long ball and coming forward and appealing there for a free kick.
Hi, this is Martorian from the Bullet Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever right here, baby. Let's just do this. Guess what? Rugby League is back, and uh, the Super League kicked off at the weekend. Two games on Friday night, which I'm talking about here with Ian Laybourne from PA. Um, it was 36 to 6 leads over Hull, and uh, also 42 0 uh, Wigan over Salford. But we'll start with the first game because. Uh, Fellow who was probably the biggest name signing, I don't know if you agree with this, Ian, for the whole comp this year was Gareth Ellis. And uh, he didn't even make it to kickoff. That was, that was a real downer, that, wasn't it? Talk about a huge anticlimax. All the focus was on Gareth Ellis' return to Super League and also his old club. So, yeah, that, that drew a lot of the, uh, of the pundits and it never happened, did it? And uh, what impact do you think it had on the result? I mean, a lot of people were saying it was close. Um, you know, and it was six all at half time. But I, you know, I thought Leeds and Leeds could have lost, but it would have been their own doing. I thought they always looked like they had Hull's measure, you know. And that's a big thing: is can Hull join the top teams this year? And there was not much evidence last night that, 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 that they will. No, they've got apart from Ellis, they've got six new other signings. So it would always take a long time for Hull to to get their act together. Mm. I, I mean, I think. Leeds would have probably beaten any team last night and probably mm. beaten most of them comfortably. Mm. I thought they looked very good, Leeds, uh, once mm. they, they got the rhythm going in the second half. And uh, Liam Foran um, and Vic Morrow haven't joined Salford yet, but can they make that big a difference after a 42-0 defeat to Wigan at home? The team, of course, have just been bailed out of bankruptcy, haven't they, by a new owner? Well, they'll certainly help, won't they? They've mm. got a few young, youngsters playing of Salford and... They've had a very disrupted, and they've sort of, they're not really, really had a pre-season, but very little preparation. So it's going to take some time for them to get their act together, mm. um, and they do need some experienced players. So Morrow and um, and Foran will help, but uh, it's a big, big job there. So um, before the, it all kicked off, there was a lot of talk about um, the debt the clubs are in and that sort of thing. I mean, what's your assessment of the state of the game? Um, there's some positive signs, isn't there, with the new uh, ad on uh, Sky, and uh, you know the, the league seems to be spending a bit of money on marketing. The World Cup seems to be a bit, so far the build-ups going well. Um, everyone says it's an important year, I suppose, and we'll, we'll, we'll know more at the end of it. Well, there's a shortage of sponsors. I think that's the worrying. There, is, there, are, there are signs of worries, uh, and and a lot of clubs have sort of built on sand. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no disguising the fact that. Several clubs are, are bankrolled by individuals who, who, if they were to lose interest and walk away, then other clubs would be in the same position that Bradford and mm. Salford and Wakefield and Crusaders have been in the past. So, mm. there are problems in the game, but but generally, there's you know there are some well-run clubs, mm. and the ones that that do need benefactors have, seem to have them. And uh, mm. I don't think it's it's quite as bleak as a picture as was painted. Mm-hmm. Thanks for talking to us, Ian. Are you excited that Rugby League's back? What, what did you do with yourself during the off-season? <laughs> what off-season? <laughs> <laughs> Had a couple of weeks off and it seems to be back again. It is, it is. Well, we'll talk to you again d- during the year, if we can track you down, if you don't run away. Thanks for talking to us. Pleasure.
back feels like it's broke While my heart pounds in my chest Lord, Lord, cover my eyes Take this pain away like a soft, soft Okay, we're back uh, and we're with uh, Ron Thor Bumblefoot. Thanks for your time tonight. You've got well, a big, sh you, big show, you. big show. Now, um, tell us about, we've got to give you a chance to talk about your hot sauce. How does a guy go from uh, playing music to maybe designing t-shirts? Most guys in bands design t-shirts as well, but then hot sauce. What, what's, how, what's going on? You know what, it's, it's actually, it's, it hasn't been any different from music. It's like, I think back to when I first started making music, it's like, you're passionate about it, you have all these bands you like, I love there are all these hot sauces I like. So then you start making your own music, you learn to play, and you start making songs, and start doing stuff, you start writing, and start recording, and you start making your own music. Same with food, you start making your own things, your own concoctions, your own combinations, and, and then you start to share your music, you start to do shows, you start to you know, put out albums, you start to do everything. And it's the same with the hot sauces. I finally, after years, found a company that, that was working with me where we could bottle everything hot up. Hot sauce! And fuck yeah! <laughs> and, and, yeah, so we worked it out with a company called K-Joms, Fiery Food. There we go, all right. That's it for the video, I think. It's just We're just keep talking, but the video is done, I think. <laughs> all right, here, how's this? It's probably better than it was before. Beautiful, okay. So, good old iPhone. So, yes, so with, Hot sauce, K. John's Fiery Foods, they're a fantastic <laughs> company and they were willing to let me come in there with all my crazy ideas for the different sauces. Mm -hmm. I had a Bumbalicious with cherry bourbon, it's mild, it's great on steak, <laughs> any kind of uh, 
barbecue type stuff as well as a hot sauce. Yeah. Then there's a uh, bumble fucked, which is the <laughs> hottest one. It's crazy. It's got uh, over seven, six million Scoville units yeah. of heat of pain. It has ginger and tropical fruit flavors in there. I mean, and everything is all real ingredients. No preservatives, nothing fake. It's all natural. Yep. Gluten-free. It's, it's healthy stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah. And that one, also I added uh, ginseng and caffeine, so it's almost like a, like a serious kick. <laughs> so yeah, it's almost like an energy shot, extreme hot sauce, bumble fucked. Okay, before you, we, we get you to play one last song, five years from now, Ron, what yes. have you got any any idea where you'll be, what you'll be doing? Is there a Hopefully is there a time the limit? Yeah. Hopefully in the studio. Uh, making more music, that's my favorite place to be. Yeah. Hopefully I'm still doing everything that I'm doing. I'm hoping that I'm happy and healthy and, and still able to do what I do and uh, hopefully people will, will enjoy what I'm doing and want to share it with me and be part of it and you know because I can't do it without you, you know? it's, like, it's, it's like playing to a wall you know I need you or it doesn't exist <laughs> one more so hopefully we can all be doing this together continuously one more question from the clippings before I forget from the newspaper clippings India yeah. it sounds India. like it was a great tour um, the last was the encore and it's a bit of Australian theme here it was uh, Nice Boys the song was Nice Boys yeah. Rose Tattoo Another um, crazy... And, and what yeah. happened? Uh, one member of the band didn't want to do the encore, according no, to the newspaper. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> what happened was we set up our bow, you know, we did our bow and we walked yeah. off stage. I was like, hey, let's do some more. They were already packing up the gear and shutting everything down. All right, yeah. So they had to first fire up everything all over again and half the shit was away. So we started playing with half our gear and finally it was just like, you know what? Fuck it, you know, it was yeah. just like some shit wouldn't go on and like yeah, reconnecting yeah. cables and so the crew was going crazy trying to get it all done and it was like, all right, just another moment <laughs> in the history of the band. I'm sure you'd like to, I wish Doc Neeson uh, the band's oh, best. fuck yeah, yeah, my God, please, dude. Um, positive thoughts, just, you know, that, that was so out of nowhere and it hit everybody by, by surprise and you just... Everybody, everybody just wishes you well, wishes you health and comfort and to get past this, you know, the best you can and to just stay positive, please, and just get through this shit, get through it. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Give us one more song and we'll leave you in peace. One last song. Okay, Shackler's Revenge, or for Chinese.
Courtyard and the Adults, and you are with Steve on White Line Fever. Okay, we're back on White Line Fever, and Rugby League is back for the year. the second day of the season for me and for um, most people over here in England was pretty... Now, we were said on the first night that there was a couple of floggings and it wasn't good for rugby league. We had a flogging tonight. Unless you're a St Helens supporter, um, 40-4 to defeat to Huddersfield. It actually is a result that probably is good for the game because, I mean, there's plenty of uncertainty in that result, isn't there, Chris? Yeah, I mean, nobody ever expected Huddersfield to come to St Helens and put 40 past them. Whether or not it was good for the game individually as an intense spectacle, Mm. probably not. But again, with you not expecting Huddersfield to rack up that scoreline and indeed put that a performance in like they did, um, yeah, I'd probably say it was more of a positive for the the game as a whole rather than a negative. Now, um, these uh, this also result had plenty of intrigue with Nathan Brown, his first game in charge. Uh, here at St Helens, and of course last year he signed very early in the season for um, for Saints. He was at Huddersfield, and then he was he was sort of given the bums rush a bit early, wasn't he? At one point when the the wheels fell off their season. I mean, rugby league players always deny <laughs> these things. We're not motivated by these things, but certainly it's a for Huddersfield. It certainly would have kept their minds on the job, knowing they were facing up to Nathan Brown in round one. Probably, but I think the two outstanding players, certainly from my point of view today, would have been. Um Craig Kopchak and Stuart Field, and who, who have never played under Nathan Brown. Kopchak was at Bradford last year, Stuart obviously at Wigan. Uh, I thought Brett Ferris played well as well, and he only played under Nathan for, I think, around about six months, if that. So, mm. you know, I, it would have kept them focused, but I, I think that more importantly than that, they, they make good starts to Huddersfield, and mm. I think that they would have wanted to make a good start for their new coach rather than think about the old one. Mm. Um, when we saw them in pre-season, they didn't look like they'd prepared that well. Mm. But obviously, it was only a you know a small cog in the wheel because they've come here tonight and blown Saints away. So, yeah, it probably would have been a, a minor thing rather than a major thing to, to put one over on your old coach. But certainly, they'd want to put on a big performance for their new coach, and they have done. Success is very much expected here at Saints, isn't it? Um, I think this time last year, uh, Roycey Simmons was sitting here talking to us and he no longer has a yeah. job. So um, I mean, will that pressure build, do you think, uh, on Nathan Brown or will he get a bit of a, a bit of leeway from the fans? No, I think he'll... Well, the, the fans will want to win every game, like I said. They booed, the, they booed the side off a couple of times tonight, didn't they? Yeah, I think that there were there were elements to the performance tonight that were unacceptable. I think when you see Sean Lunt going in from the scrum on the blind side with a one-on-one simple missed tackle, I think there's there's certain elements that you, you're not necessarily entitled to boo, but you can sort of semi-understand it because mm. stuff like that really shouldn't be, you know, sort of committed from the age of sort of 12 upwards, but... Mm. You know, it's it's it happens, doesn't it? It's one of those things. It happens all over the world, and and you know they, they will put the they will let the players know that this, today wasn't unacceptable because that's why they're such a big club. You know, they've had so much success and they've been used to seeing so many great players. If you look through Out Saints' history, there's very seldom. Uh, years that you can pinpoint that Saints have had a bad side. Mm. I don't think there's a team over the last 20 years that's finished certainly in the bottom half or, or maybe even outside the top four in a table, mm-hmm. which speaks for itself. So I don't think the pressure will be on the coach, certainly not from the board, because I think they'd have to pay out far too much money to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Even the fact we're talking about getting rid of him at, at, you know, in this 
kind of segment is probably a, a little stupid in itself because it's a, it's only game one, and I think that's probably what's important to bear in mind. Yeah, I'm more I'm more thinking about sort of um, you know making his life a bit hard around town. You know? Oh, everybody will. <laughs> that, that's that's what they do. They live and breathe their rugby here in St Helens. So you know if you if you win or lose, they they, they talk rugby here. So it, it, it's. It's obviously a lot easier when you win. Um, when you lose, you know they they obviously don't like it. But you know it'll it'll be okay. It'll, it'll it'll not get too too rough a ride. But you know I think he needs to turn it round with a result next week against Witness. Chris, you're off to us soon. We hope all the listeners buy you a beer. Um, in the meantime. Um the great thing about this, well, you, you work for an FM radio station, so you'd yeah. be aware of this. You get to pick a song, but we don't want any, we don't want anything lame. We want something with some some grunt in it. All right, well, um, <laughs> I'm going to go for ACDC Highway to Hell because that that song just for whatever reason. When I was coming into St. Helens today, that song popped in my mind, and I've no idea why, because I like St. Helens as a place. I've nothing against St. Helens as a place, but for some reason, the, uh, that, that, that guitar riff came in my head, and the drum beat, and I just thought, yeah, this, the, I wasn't even listening to the radio, it just popped in my head, so that, that's the one I'm going to go with.
this is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you're listening to White Lion Fever. Okay, uh, so the first Sunday of the season is over and uh, the scores, Bradford 40, Wakefield 6, Catalan 32, Hulk KR 24, uh, Warrington 40, uh, Cusford 24. But uh, the game we're at today, and we're standing by the by the uh, field here, Widness 28, uh, London 14. I'm here with Ben Cross. Uh, must be a pretty happy dressing room, mate. Definitely, mate. Um... 12 months turnaround and get a win round one. It's always good to get off to a start with a win, and especially away too. Uh, playing the first game away takes the pressure off a little bit. You're not in front of your home fans and all that sort of stuff, but you've got to deal with um, the travel and all that sort of stuff. And we handled it really well, come down the night before, and it was just our game plan. We executed our game plan and, and it worked to a T. Do you, was it a bit being the first game of the year? Like, is it, is it all sort of a bit, bit uh, wait and see from the players' point of view as well? You don't know how it's all going to come together, or, or were you pretty confident? Yeah, we're always confident. We're pretty evenly matched sort of sides, us in London, compared to where we finished last year. But I think we've both got we're both different teams compared to last year in that. So um, we knew we were a little bit scrappy in a couple of our trials. We had one against Huddersfield. We showed some good signs and, and then we sort of went off the ball a little bit. But um, it was just good to see that we all executed. I said that before, but our, our defence has definitely got a new attitude mm. too. Um, and things are starting to come together. We recruited well. Um, also, which we've got players to come back. We, we picked up an injury today in Denny Craven, so he'll be a big miss for a while, but hopefully we'll get Kev Brown back soon. And also Gareth Hock coming into the side next week, maybe. Yeah, mate, big Gaz is, is a big coup for the club, um, getting on a season-long loan. Well, I had a bit of time with him at Wigan there, really enjoyed it with him, and um, he'll be a great asset for us. Presumably you went home for for the summer, did you? You go home? Uh, no, no, mate, no, <laughs> love it too much over here. Just went to be, be a beautiful Turkey for a couple of weeks and uh, did a bit of travel around here, mate, and uh, just went chasing the sun over in Turkey for a little bit, so... No, I didn't get back to beautiful Oz. A lot of uh, a lot of money in the NRL at the moment. Is there any uh, thoughts about maybe going around over there again? <laughs> Mate, I'd love to, but <laughs> at 34 and being a front rower in the NRL would be pushing me luck a bit. Yeah. So um, I just sort of grin and bear it and sort of head down bum up over here in the in the Super League for this year and, and see what happens for next year. Yeah, Big Ogre's definitely given away at the end of the year, isn't he, uh, uh, Mark O'Mealy? What, what are your plans? Mate, yeah, at this stage, probably 95% that this this mm. will be it. Um Family's pretty keen to go home, but they've always said they'll, they'll stay another year if it means uh, playing again. But um, spoke with Witness last year about playing on. They said, as long as you're doing the job and you're feeling all right, that they'll be happy. But um, it's round one of, of mm-hmm. 2013. is a long time to go. And if if I do call it a, a year this year, I'll be still happy with that. There'll be no regrets. What are you going to do in retirement? You want to stay in the game? Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, I've got a big passion for it. Uh, definitely want to get into coaching, um, mentoring, um, something to do with the juniors, uh, along working with the seniors. Um, uh, definitely stay involved in the game at a, a grassroots level and, and definitely at a NRL level also. Is there a club that you sort of... You know, maybe made some plans to to stick around and work with. Um, well, I'm going to get on the phone soon and have a chat to a couple of old coaches in in Bellyache and and Michael Maguire and obviously talk to the Newcastle sort of coaching staff there. Obviously, with Rick Stone being assistant there, um, I played under him in my time there too. So, and Wayne Bennett's always looking for for new blood there, and Danny Badiris and like hanging around. So, mm-hmm. I think be a good crew. So, I'll start making those phone calls now and laying the foundations for after football but um, doing all the right things over here and coaching a few junior teams and all that sort of stuff to get a bit of experience too. Yeah. Now Ben the online aspect of this uh, gives you the opportunity to pick a pick a song. 
Is there any Aussie music you've been missing while you're over here? They, they like their pop music over here, don't they? They're not so much into the pub rock. Is, is there any, anything you missed? Um, yeah, Triple J, mate. I was a big Triple J fan. <laughs> I don't know um, about the sort of the commercial radio stations. But, um, no, I got into the, the British music a bit, mate. The Kaiser Chiefs and always the good ones, the Oasis and all that sort of stuff. So well, give us a song, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, no, Wonderwall. That's my karaoke <laughs> song, mate. That's my karaoke song. Uh, not that you'll get me up there doing it much, but yeah. Yeah, wonderful. we won't get you to sing along. Thanks for talking to us. <laughs> I've got a voice like a cement mixer, mate. You don't get me singing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. All right, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out Sure, you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding, and all the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how Because maybe You're gonna be the one that saves me And after all You're my not to do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now And all the roads that lead you there are winding And all the lights that light the way are blinding There are many things that I would like to say to you but I don't know
Got a white line fever. Going down, land down under. Going to turn around the corner, way down yonder. <laughs> but I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.